We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. Well, at least it's 2017. Yes. Welcome to 2017. New year, new me. That's you know, that's how you gotta say it. You gotta come in like that. I've heard so many people say that and I just keep walking. I never come in. <laughs> Let's I thought we left it in like 2014 or something like that. Didn't we talk about that yeah. then? We're done with the new year, new me. Let's just. I, you know what? The only thing, you know, really, we got to leave a lot of things in 2016. A lot of people in 2016. (laughs) People too, yeah. Uh, What I really wanted to leave in 2016 was my student loans, but they followed me to 2017. You know, not really excited. All of these hackings, and I just keep saying nobody wants to just go ahead on and just, just, just give me zero, just. Yeah. Even if you gave me like a thousand dollars, I got it. But just you know, the rest of this stuff, find something to do with. Go ahead and wipe it out. Just wipe it out. I bet you that'll stimulate the economy. Oh, trust me. (laughs) That is the ultimate. Buying houses, cars. That's the ultimate stimulus plan. I'm going on. I'm going on all kinds of sprees: housing sprees, shopping sprees, car sprees. I'm on everybody's spree. Just pay off y'all these student loans. Y'all not going to give me my 40 acres and a mule, but y'all can pay off my loans. Now you go ahead and pay off all these black people loans, reparations. That's the best form. You, I think that's like the best idea of reparations. I never thought about that. Pay off our student loans. You want to see us, you want to see some black millennials start doing well? You just wipe out our student loans. We'll turn this thing out. You want to think- be us. You'll help me financially. You'll help me spiritually, <laughs> mentally, physically. It's an overall I, rebirth. You everybody will be happy at work. Yeah, it's an overall <laughs> rebirth. I walk in there cheesing. Pearly white. <laughs> Good morning. Just like white people. You know how white people, when I used to work in corporate America, it just used to amaze me how white women be so happy in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they ain't got no student loan debt. That's why <laughs> their student loan debt is gone. I come in there. I don't get happy about uh, eleven thirty because it's. Too I was just gonna say four thirty because you leave at five thirty, <laughs> so you count down. To you the get hour. happy at eleven thirty because you know you' about to go to lunch, and then when you come back, depending on what you ate, you might be tired. Around here, just it's four thirty for me. Four thirty coming. It's like I got an hour left. Good. That's how it was. I used to be like, I got an hour left. All right, I'm time. It's time to get up out of here. But you start thinking about it too. You you making. I remember right after uh, undergrad was when I first got. They sent me the thing because I only had like a very small loan for undergrad. But I remember mm-hmm. they sent me a notice talking about payments, and I was like, Wait, I don't. I don't make enough. To I'm not ready. Yeah, like I don't make enough. What what can I do? Can I, y'all can y'all hold this off? And they were like, oh well, if you go back to school, wait a minute. So the only way for you to hold this off is for me to pay more money. Like what? What? This doesn't make any sense. I don't make enough money for this. And then I had a friend that kind of hit me to some game of 
this is what you need to do. You need to let them know. And he was like, you broke, so it's real good because you really ain't got to pay nothing because you Income-based repayment. Income-based. Shout out to President Obama. Now, if he didn't do anything else to help us, he he said it's income-based because if we didn't have income-based repayment, if that wasn't in play, a lot of us would be struggling right now. On a whole nother level. There'll be no such thing as me traveling anywhere, but to not even, I'm sitting to the grocery store, probably not even to the grocery store. I wouldn't be going nowhere. I, my income don't, it, the, the way this is set up, I don't. And then after you think about having to pay for a master's degree, then you really out of there. That's what really set me back though. I was yeah. good undergrad. It wasn't undergrad, that much. I was great. I literally, I had one small loan, very small loan. I think the loan was like maybe like $2,500 for undergrad. See, yeah, it, undergrad wasn't really that big of a deal, but at grad school, it's like y'all want us to be great, but y'all want to rig our lives so we can't be great until we get in debt. I had to go. Th- I had in order for me to be a good, upstanding, positive, contributing member to society per your standards. This is a route that I had to go, so I just don't feel like I should have to pay this back. At least Give us our forty acres and a mule in relation. It's less than you promised us now, America. Right, because you it's know, it's, the last. It's we payoff. we we giving y'all a break. It's one actually. Payoff. It's just one you know, Randall. Payoff. If we if they just do that, we giving them a break. We should we letting them. Yeah, it's like yeah. We we basically saying it's just like the creditors that's saying like, look, you owe like twenty thousand dollars, but if you just pay this five thousand, we good. We even. That's what we saying. Yeah, because America in collections to the black people. So you know, in collections, like you said, they give you amount that's. Change.org collections. We gonna take it up. Just uh, pay off these student loans. We gonna have to probably wait another four years because I don't think Donald Trump gonna approve that. Ah hell, we ain't get nothing. <laughs> 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 you just reminded me. I try to forget, yo. I really try to forget, and you just reminded me. So never. That's so funny. I was scrolling through Instagram today. Kevin say say. I woke up and remember Donald Trump president. Dang. Like, he's like, I legitimately forget. It's depressing. You try not to think about it. At least I try not to think about it. I don't ever, I always try to just continue moving in my life and let's think about some other stuff. Things are happening good. And it's always something that reminds you. That's, I haven't, you know, I used to, I, I keep up with like, main, try to keep up with like what the mainstream media is talking about in terms of news. Yeah, I haven't watched CNN since election. See, I watch CNN every day, but it's still, it's not real. Today, I was reminded of it through CNN when they said, Rick Scott said he called uh, the president-elect about the issue at the uh, Fort Lauderdale airport and not the president that's in office. Uh, which is blatant to me, disrespect, but extreme disrespect, man. And, and, and it it tells all kinds of stories. It's all telling of what what has been going on for the past eight years. But you know, people continue to play dumb. Yeah, it's sad. You know what's the most ignorant thing? Every time I see Rick Scott, I say R.I.P. because he looked like he like one step from the grave. No shade. He just looks. He looks. I don't even like, think it's a step. I think it's like a. <laughs> And that's that's my go- that's my governor, but yeah, he just looks really. He does look really weird. He makes really guy. really weird like faces, but I don't think he's trying to make a face. But yeah, it's he just, is making it's a face. The way, it's the way his 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 body set up, it's, man. 
you know, I guess. When you have ties to evil, what was that? There was like an Instagram video, and that's what somebody said. When, you, when you're dealing with evil, it, it drains you, and you start, it starts to show on the outside. It's like, look, you. You done said you, this man got ties look, to evil. When you ties to evil, it drains you. It drains your soul. It pulls you out. Look at like Cicely Tyson. She looks great. She's 90. Black don't crack. Look here. Black do not crack. You, you know? gotta stay away from evil. Gotta stay. You gotta stay prayed up, like Candy say. Well, um, <laughs> I only know that song because of the delivered man, because he be saying it. <laughs> he still. Pay, I don't pay attention to that. that. Even my, she reposted it. I follow her on on uh, Instagram, and she reposted it, and she, I guess it tickles her. And I saw. It, he and really I was just like, oh. He really has to have a problem for real. <laughs> well, you know, he was actually in Kimberell's statement. About oh he was yeah I think she was mad though about him being on Jimmy Kimmel we all mad at we all mad that he still that he ever got any shine I don't know if we mad about him yeah I just it's like a it's like it's like a you know the fly that you be trying to get out your face like come on man get out of my face that's that's what he is thought he said he just touched a woman for his first time just touched a woman. Honestly, I had to. I, I used to watch the videos at first, and I was like, "I okay, so he's either trolling. This whole thing I is a troll, or yeah, he's spe- he is special needs for real. It's one or the other. Like this can't be. You he can't really do this for real. And I really just think he's trolling people. I feel like he got some sort of traction, so he keeps doing it over and over again. So. I just try to ignore this dude altogether. I don't ever want to see no videos. I saw something about um, that the the headline that said, "I guess he had had sex with a woman for the first time," and that he made a video about it. I just let it go. <laughs> he didn't say he had sex. He said he touched the woman's. I don't understand why he keep double plural, plural, of something that should be singular. Cause yeah. he done put an S and an E in it, but he only talk about one person. You just gotta ignore him. You really have to ignore him. Like crazy. Well, this is um, brunch culture. This is what it is. This is we got to do better with introducing the show in the beginning. Yeah, we, we just got off on the a, Yeah, we just start talking. Um, but it actually flows. So we got uh, mimosas and orange juice. I got this. Yeah, I remember the title now. Hey. Yeah, mimosas and orange. Juice. Y'all straight up. I had. I tried to get uh, Randall on this. Uh, sparkling grape juice and orange juice. When you sent me that picture, I was like, wait, what? Come on now. <laughs> Not the sparkling grape juice. <laughs> just stick to the regular OJ. Just just get the... Was it good? It, it actually was good. But, I mean, it's not like I didn't do it. It wasn't like on purpose. Like I went to the store and I got this. Oh, that's what I thought it was. No, I thought you was just no, at the store. And you was like, you like, know what? I'm going to fix them. No, it's just I looked at the fridge I and like, I saw right. both of them and I put them next to each other uh, okay. only as a joke. Gotcha. Because I thought you went to the store thought. and was like, and I was like, oh, okay. This oh, is no, no, I didn't do that. Yeah. I, it was a p- complete coincidence. But when I saw it in the fridge together, I was just like, let me pull these out and take a picture and send it to Randall. Gotcha. And then I actually tasted it. Okay. After I took the picture, but it was a, it was just a joke. That makes sense. I thought you were like seriously. You know what? I'm gonna fix them. I'm gonna get me some sparkling grape juice. All <laughs> oh, right. 
<laughs> no, no, it wasn't like that. No. You know how that works. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so since we already mentioned, uh, um, I was going <laughs> to. I'm sorry. So the guy, I told you this guy did this video in response to Kimberell and called her Builder Bear. Now it's look, it's not but right. It's funny, but it caught me so off guard. I was in here cracking up. Like he said, Kim Builder Bear, and I was like, Wait a minute, wait, what? what? Hold on, stop the pressure. Why? Why is she a builder bear? Like, okay, so yeah, so this week, one of my friends said that I called one of my friends because they said I'm going live to talk about Kimberell at like seven o'clock on two nights ago, and I was uh-huh. like, so I called them because it was like six thirty, and they had thirty minutes to go, and they was like, I. You caught when I saw you call me. You called me about this Kimberly. I said, "Yeah." I said, "What you about to say?" He told me, "I just want to talk about gluttony in the Bible." It's so disrespectful. <laughs> I said, "What?" So... When I tell you, I had died for like five minutes. I was in tears. I was like, "You idiot! You did not say so you gonna talk about gluttony in the Bible." <laughs> so disrespectful okay in tears real tears okay we okay. gotta talk about this seriously random right okay. this is supposed to be a serious yeah, right. matter okay in all seriousness note um so but you know at build a bear you can make some real custom stuff <laughs> Don't they have singing builder bears? <laughs> they do. They got builder bears that sing. <laughs> I can't. This is, this is terrible. I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm so sorry. This is not. This is not what this show is about. We are not here to pick to, to Ooh, pick on man. people. I'm honestly not pick. I'm can personally you a, not. Can you put Remy on the builder bear? I'm just. <laughs> Do Builder Bears rub people's feet? Oh, God. I would never forget that. When Whitney Houston died and she got on E.T. or whatever that was and started crying and talking about, I remember I got lotion in her feet and she said, you would do that for me? And I was just like, yeah. And she was so serious. I was just like, what? It was so awkward. Like, why would you... If this is your, she was saying this, this is one of my best friends. And I was like, well, this is one of your best friends. Like, I'm sure you got other stories than you rubbing on her feet. Like, it just Yeah, didn't... and she can't rub her own feet. I don't know. Like, I, now, I'm, I, I'm, I, I, I don't, it's, it was just such a weird memory to share <laughs> when all of the well, memories maybe, that I you guess had. she felt like it was, maybe she felt like she humped. Whitney felt like she humbled herself to do that. Because now I'm thinking about it. It's nothing wrong with putting lotion on a friend if that's yeah, like, like, I, if you're I, like. But if, if, so if my friend passes away, this is one of my good friends and they pass away, I don't think that, and maybe, you know, I don't know, but I think I just kind of want to share something of me rubbing your feet, y'all. Like, 
Lotion? We ain't got nothing else. What's it drinking? Like, let's go, talk, go, yeah, let's talk what about like. <laughs> what if the latest interview her would have? I would have said something ignorant like that. Was it jerkins or cocoa butter? Did you have cocoa butter? <laughs> <laughs> Did she have bunions? <laughs> Was it after a pedicure or before? Because that really defines your friendship. If it was before a pedicure, then, you know, you were real free. But if it was after, uh, it could be y'all just mad, you know. <coughs> okay, so. All right. All right. So, in all seriousness, the video, this week, uh, video surfaced of Kim Burrell uh, giving a sermon. And mm-hmm. in the sermon, she talks about homosexuals. She calls uh, the act of being homosexual perverted. She says that if you're a man and you will take another man's uh, penis in your face, you're perverted. Um, if you're a woman and you'll put another woman's breast in your face, you're perverted. Um, if In 2017, we're calling out the spirit of homosexuality, something along those lines, right? And she said something about Eddie Long because yeah, you know, Eddie Long. They she, she said he AIDS. had AIDS. Yeah, which is I'll get to that whole that whole piece. Just yeah. All right, cool. So she she did that, and of course the world <clears throat> Twitter goes off. People on the internet go crazy, and then it becomes like this whole back and forth thing about Kimberrell now. I just wasn't when I watched the video. You know, growing up in a very in conservative church environment, it wasn't the first like it. The video, the what she said to me wasn't shocking. I get why. I started to think. I was like, well, why are people so bothered? Not in the sense that like what she said was okay. It was just that I've heard somebody say worse, and nobody went crazy. So I started thinking like, oh, well, why is this like such a big deal? And I realized it's because Kimberell is going. She's about to go on this mainstream platform. She's on the soundtrack and on the like the lead title, like not the title track, but the lead track for this film that people are expecting to be huge. And she's actually going on Ellen DeGeneres show, who's a lesbian, and she wants to go on it. But on before that backtrack, she's on Frank Ocean's last album, Blonde. Frank Ocean, who was in 2012, came out. And she agreed to be on his album and his album. He's talked about men on the album. So it's like, are you not? I think for me, the, the thing just kind of became, wait, so is it, are you mad? Cause you can't get their money or is it okay? Is it okay for you to be a part of, or to, you know, work with, is it not perverted when you get their perverted check, just perverted when they be like that that for me was just kind of like all right you this is why people are taking an issue with what you're saying because you're not there's no consistency yeah Mm -hmm. and 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 another thing is i was thinking about this i was like you know i want to be fair because i i I think that i i hear people i kept hearing people or reading people uh say and i was talking to uh, uh, my cousin about it and uh he was saying that you know i think that people are my issue is I feel like Christians aren't able to express how they feel anymore when it comes to this particularly, but when it comes to a lot of things, because people always say, you know, think that you're be, you're being hateful and you can't do this. And I'm like, 
But I kind of think the problem in this particular situation, right? If you just look at this situation, I don't really think it's if you're saying if you're proclaiming in her her Facebook live video, you're quote unquote an ally. You're somebody that's coming in the name of Jesus and you want to help. How is that speech helpful? How have you tell how is you telling somebody that they're perverted and they're not gonna come to 2017 and they're gonna die of AIDS? How is that helping anybody? You don't it, it it's not helping nobody. So it's not an attack on your how you feel and what you believe. It's an attack on the way that you're expressing how you feel. Honestly, if you feel like, hey, you know, there are people in my church and in my congregation that are gay that I want to help and they they believe that they need to get help. Well, how do I approach them? I can't come to you and be like, you know, all fat people are just big and you just going to die. You're going to have a heart attack. You're going you're going to croak over and die. You're going to have sleep apnea like nobody. <coughs> If I say if I say that to you, then you you're not gonna receive it. You're gonna be like, you're not trying to help me. You're trying to make fun of me. You're trying to poke fun of me. You you literally are singling me out to poke fun. So it's like you can't use. I was telling my cousin like you can't use the well. There's an attack on my beliefs when the way that you are expressing your beliefs is antagonizing people or, you know, vilifying them, demonizing them. And if somebody does it to you in your community, then you mad like you just can't have it both ways. And on top of that, you were going on a lesbian show like <laughs> you shouldn't have wanted to be there anyway. Like, hey, I'm not. I'm not going I'm I don't want to go on that platform because she actively promotes just her existence in this space promotes something that I disagree with. I don't want to go there. Why am I mad that I'm going there like I just didn't yeah. get it. I just it was it was so many layers to me. Um when I when I saw her you know being kind of like rah rah rah. It's to me she's been mean like <laughs> not just to on this on this platform and talking about sexuality but she's if you've seen sunday's best if you've seen her other things sometimes she just is mean like just her personality i don't even think that it has anything to do with just sexuality i think she's just and i don't want to i feel i would feel bad saying she's mean but she comes across that she's kind of mean and nasty. I was gonna say, well, that's what she's. Per- yeah, that's what she's portrayed. I, I got the same. I got the same. The same vibe from the time that I watched on. I watched her on Sunday's Best. I remember watching her get like under a table because she was laughing so hard at this guy. Right? She was mm-hmm. laughing so hard, but. I'd seen her talk about um, weight loss before and it was like a, a interview she did. It was like a, in a clip and she was basically saying how, you know, she got picked on and people picked on her and it's not good to like pick on people. And I'm like, but you, you laughing at this person who's legit trying like, and the guy, like the guy that she was laughing at, I mean, of course he wasn't like the best thing in the world, but he wasn't like extremely terrible. And it's like, yo, you're, it's it's not it's not reconciling like you the person that you want people to be to you you're not being to them that's why folks got a problem with you yo like it's not yeah and then i don't know did you see uh shirley caesar's video Her uh-uh. kind of I, I said i wanted to uh watch it so i'm gonna send you one video which i just laughed so shirley caesar did uh um and again i rise with shirley shirley caesar right this was 
greens, beans, potatoes, Growing tomatoes. up, you were, Shirley Caesar was in the car, in grandma car, before, after church. That's what my grandma listened to, right? So, mm-hmm. I'm good. But Shirley Caesar says, she essentially says in, in a sermon um, that she should have said this four years ago. You know, where was she four years ago? She basically should have said this, you know, four years ago when President Obama made all that mess all right, right? And then she proceeds to say something to the tune of, if you're going to talk to your congregation about these types of things or whatever, you just need to get all the phones at the door and don't let nobody bring their phones in so nobody can record you, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, I mean, that whole the vibe, at least from what I got, was like, in support of what Kim Burrell said. Again, I, I think that it is, to me, it's not shocking. It's like, oh, people believe this. I don't really get why people are mad because it's like, oh, that's what you believe? All right, cool. I think the issue really became of the way it's it's coupled with, like, I believe this, however, but I'm just saying this to help people. Like, that's not the way you help people, so that's not why you're saying it. You're not saying it to help nobody, because it's not. But then Shirley Caesar gets on the bandwagon of supporting her, but then there's another interview where she's basically sitting down and saying, like, I was just saying that to say that this is in the past. We need to move on. I'm about loving people. That's not it. And the crazy <laughs> thing is, it's like a complete backpedal that, to me, came from, you realize this is about to impact your money in the way that it's impacting her oh, Okay, money. so that's and must so, be the video. Somebody on my timeline posted, <laughs> Shirley trying to protect these coins. Yeah, no, real talk. Because it was like, yo, honestly, I wa- I'm watching the video and I'm cracking up because I'm like, Yo, this is a completely 180 from what you were doing before. And at this point, somebody whispered in your ear and was like, look here, Shirley, you got some checks that's coming through. And these gay folks is the one that's uh, supplying these checks or at least part of them. So I just need you to do something else different. Like you ain't got to say that you agree, but you don't need to be saying it in the way that she said it, or you agree with the way she did it. And it's a complete 180. She's like, you know, I, I support, what did she say? We, I love the LG. She didn't in one part, she didn't even say the community. She said, I love the LGBT. I got a check. Radio show. Uh, she said, listen, Kim might got some coins saved, but I ain't got enough coins. <laughs> Look here. I'm out here, I'm out here hustling. <laughs> you better not what you ain't gonna do. She already suing these greens, beans, tomatoes, people. Look she might need some money. Surely say I'm getting all of the coins. You bring all the coins and you bring them into the storehouse for me. Cause uh <laughs> I need all of them. <laughs> yeah. I just and for me this whole thing is just Kim. It's not the first time you said it. You look hypocritical and there's a way to disagree with the LGBTQ community without being without this kind of method. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you're somebody to engage people and be loving and speak the truth in love. And I think that's the approach that, you know, needs to be taken. It's a way to thoughtfully and critically engage with the person and see, you know, see their story, talk to them. But I think bashing them through the pulpit is completely wrong. And the way she did it, I, I feel like that was completely wrong. The the method in which she used. Because yeah, uh, you're not helping I think, nobody. Yeah, and then you've kind of, there's a group of people that if you wanted to re- engage them, they've completely turned 
turn a deaf ear to anything you have to say from this point. So you will never really, it will take you a long time to repair that relationship for they'll even listen to you about your beliefs. You know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, in that way it did more damage. And I just, the Eddie Long thing, I, I, I just, I don't think you should say that he got AIDS. I just think it's really unfair because I think that that one of the issues that we face in the black community in general is making HIV and AIDS synonymous with homosexuality when there are heterosexual people around here living with both and giving it to people and it's contracted through heterosexual relationships in the same way that it is a homosexual relationship. Like I think it's just such an ignorant statement to make and to say that you know, don't get me wrong, like I'm not a champion for Eddie Long by any means, um, but I also at the same time think that it's very dangerous to continue to use this idea of an assumption that you have like you you even said like he hasn't said anything he hasn't confirmed anything but you say that clearly you know people we know that you you sick or we know that AIDS is in your body or whatever it was she said it's just kind of like we don't we got enough people dying honestly and I to me that's where it comes from I don't I think at the end of the day whether you agree, you disagree, whatever side you fall on, you have to realize that people legit need help and people are dying for real and not dying from just AIDS, dying from depression, dying from suicide, dying from so many things because they don't feel loved and nobody's there for them. And even if that is Eddie Long, if he's going through that or if he's going through some form of cancer or whatever it is, like for you to use your to stand on a platform and to assume and to run with the idea that he is dying from AIDS. It's just like that's the reason that we have problems. That's the reason that even there's a stigma with HIV and AIDS in general. You can get it like somebody can you can get stuck with a bad needle and contract HIV and AIDS like but you you then won't seek help because you're so embarrassed. You don't want people to think that, oh, I was doing something wrong. And you people are literally people are dying in our community, gay people, straight people like married people, single people, people are dying from diseases that we need to say, hey, look, you have a disease. Let me not condemn you. However you got it, you got it. What can we do to love on you and to help you and not just sit around and say, well, he must be gay because, oh, he getting skinny and losing weight. Oh, you know, he got that. He got that. He got that that package. He got eight. Like, come on, yo. Like, people get skinny from anything. You around here trying to get skinny. Like, what? what is what are you even talking about yeah and it was rumored that he had cancer so i i I mean i thought that was what came out of his church if i'm i'm i could be wrong but i thought that was what was kind of the consensus what so i was just like that was kind of left but you know i just feel like we can as christians maybe disagree on the behavior without being brash, obnoxious, and without singling that behavior out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because, you know, there's people in your church that are probably shacking up, probably sleeping with they, you know, heterosexual. Not probably is. (laughs) Yeah. Is is. I I, I don't think we can say shacking up is technically a sin, but uh, having sex and they're not married, you know, uh, there are people out there lying. There are people out there c- commi- 
cheating on their spouse. Masturbating, I, watching porn, tatting up yeah. their bodies, piercing up their bodies, like all of these things. But we ain't got no, you ain't perverted. Like, I think Charlemagne said, and I was like, oh, he was like, so if that man puts his face in the woman's breast, is he not perverted too? Like, can we you gonna you gonna point that out in the same in the same breath or we yeah. gonna talk and about I think that? that's what that's what the the LGBTQ community has such an issue with the churches because it's I think they feel like they've all they're they're the only people being singled out when there's people doing other stuff and nobody says anything to them. Yeah, and I think and that, so, I think the thing that needs to happen though is, is if you are coming from a place of I wanna help somebody you got to look at the way you help people. You don't help nobody by pointing at them and picking picking at them and, and saying all of these like horrible things about who they are and, and, and their demons and they're possessed and all of these things. Like It's like, how do I help you when I've created this caricature? I'm saying that I'm saying these things, quote unquote, in love because it's the truth and I just got to give you the truth in the way that it is. But again, there are truths about you that are very, very obvious and very, very evident. And if one were to come to you and say, look, you know, Oprah just got Weight Watchers. You need to get on Weight Watchers because you look a mess. You can't fit none of your clothes. You can't fit in the in the in the chair. We done had to bring you three things of water. You're breathing heavy. Like you would wait. Don't don't talk to me like that. Like do you know who I am? That's offensive. How are you helping me? Like don't. How do you help somebody when that's your approach? You're not really. It becomes you're not really helping me. You're just using this as an opportunity to try to call somebody out or to make yourself feel better, look better, to get the crowd riled up. Maybe this is something that is going on. And, and again, she she was talking. She was at her church, correct? When mm-hmm. she was given, yeah, she's at her church. So maybe this is something that is going on in their church. That's fine. Like it's, I, I think I've I've heard people talk about you know. Well, she's talking to her congregation and she's talking to her church. And, you know, this wasn't meant for the the world. This was meant for, you know, the church that she's the leader of. And I'm fine with that. But even if you're talking to your church, you are not going to get people. You're not going to reach these people by condemning them in that way, because you didn't reach that single mother by condemning her. You didn't reach this uh, somebody else in the church that's backsliding by condemning them in that way. You told them the truth, but you realize it because you're like, wait a minute, that could have been me. I was in this situation. I've done this. But when you're talking about something that you don't understand or you haven't had to go through, then you're approaching it from the standpoint of this is the worst thing in the world. And oh, no, you can't do this. And you're perverted. And you're perverted. Well, you've been perverted, too. Like, I know you've been, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, then I think there was the rebuttal where she was talking to people that are in leadership positions that are doing this secretly. Um, but even that, I, I you're not gonna help I, them. <laughs> you're well, not, you're not gonna help them that she way. Started with Brian Karn as her point of reference for something he said, and didn't say anything about the kind of interesting prophecies that he's been given that haven't come true. So I was just confused about God <laughs> judging everybody just on this select few. Cause I'm confused. It's only the ones they call. We we've actually been talking. Yo, we've been here for a minute talking about this. Um oh, yo so, Yeah. Uh just I'll just say really fast. I just wanted to get your 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 thoughts on it. how you feel about uh Serena Williams and her dating a white or being engaged to a white guy. 
I say I don't have a problem with it. Dope. And you know what? Shout out to Luke Mon for making me <laughs> equal opportunity. Luke Mon is going to kill you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not involved in this one. Um, so I think that um, I think it's I don't the, I don't mind it. I yeah. just, I I I really don't really have a problem with interracial dating. I do sometimes. I feel some type of way when I see black men dating white women, only because there's more. There's a lot of single black women out here that are trying to that would love to be with the black man, and if they kind of just check the deuces we outnumbered over here so if we go to another race you see it's because it's not a lot of options i'm just saying mm, i don't know man i i, I mean i'm not but a you woman know, you i'm not a black woman so, you want yeah i'm not a black woman so i don't know but i will say that i just feel like at the end of the day one of my homegirls she said this and she was like if you end up with someone from a different race because you have this complex about your race not being enough or it the women in your race aren't this or, you know, I don't date black women. So then we have a problem. But honestly, if you found love in a white girl and an Asian girl, like that's fine. You know, that's where you found love and that's cool. And if that love is authentic. And I think that there is a there is a there's something to be said about this idea of because i saw somebody post something about the type of black men that are not that aren't there or or that that aren't out there but it's like it's so interesting though because i'm sure if you ask as a black man you can ask you can talk about you know your experience in dating at whatever time and there was you weren't you know good enough for this this black woman so you were dating a black woman but she didn't like this about you you needed to have this or you needed to have this you need to have this so it's like well if i move on and this woman who actually liked me or you know was able to see came around during the time that maybe i was just like popping and i got my stuff together and she happened to be white i shouldn't have to feel this sense of like oh well i've you know, I let down my sister because I and I'm I'm saying this in all fairness. Like, I'm just saying, like, I just don't think that there is a it's fair to kind of be upset if it's like if you don't got a complex like I get it. I understand. I it, There's this idea of like, you know, there's a lot of history that goes with it. There's this history of like you know in slavery times and and even after that like this idea of black women being hyper sexualized by white guys and you know they're kind of like i just want to have sex with you but then i want to be with my white wife like that whole thing like i get it um even the discussion that came around queen sugar maybe we can actually do a show about that so i i understand it but i just kind of feel like we we create problems for ourselves when we see somebody in an interracial uh relationship and it becomes like well, dang, you couldn't find nobody from your race. It's like, but maybe I found somebody from my race and it just didn't work out. And then I got here. Like, mm-hmm. it just happened. Like, it is what, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. Like, I'm, I get it and I understand. And I think there's a, a level of like sensitivity that one should have to it. But I feel like at the same time, yo, if I, if they fell in love, if she, I, I don't know. I was, I was telling my my homeboy, I was like, yo, if she fell in love with a white guy, then 
I mean, it is what it is. Like I had, I've had somebody say, well, I heard uh, one of my homegirls say like, you know, she got tired of dealing with black men. Black men ain't know how to treat her. And then I'm like, oh, hold on, time out, chill. That's not, I can't, I can't accept that. Like, I can't accept that Serena Williams just couldn't find no black dude that would just treat her right or that wanted to be with her. I can't accept that. Like, nah. Did she find this white guy that treated her right and wanted to be with her? Yeah. Is that cool? I mean, you know, that's what she wants. That's cool. Like, it is what it is. But I'm not... I can't, I gotta, gotta push back on this idea that, well, ain't no black men want to treat her right. Or no black men want a wife her. They just want to be friends and play with her. Drake just want to play around with her. And I, come on, man. Like, y'all don't know this stuff for real. Shut up. I, shut up. We congratulate you, Serena. Happy, happy. I'm talking about happy marriage. You just want to say happy marriage. <laughs> Merry marriage, Serena. <laughs> Wow. Merry marriage and happy, was... uh, happy 2017. Well, we've been here for a minute. You got anything else for uh, mimosas and orange juice? Nah, that's it. All right. We'll be back with our main dish. Now we're back with our main dish. I want to sing so bad, but I I just held it in. I left that in 2016, so, so I'm not still, gonna I'm not gonna here, revive it. You still out here trying to sing? It was a new year, new you. I would say it's a real ignorant, but we left that in the mimosas and orange juice <laughs> with the builder bells, right? <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> And the breathalyzers, <laughs> the oxygen tanks, the hog mogs. I'm just playing. <laughs> just playing. Oh my goodness. I, can't. <laughs> I just turned to my left and it's some lotion. <laughs> rub your feet. Oh, okay. Lisa, Y'all, we back to our main dish today. Lisa, can I rub we your want- feet? I just want you to know you're such a good friend, Lisa. Lisa, <laughs> I want to rub your feet. <laughs> Let me stop, yo. Let me stop. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, we okay. serious, we serious. Yeah, we want to talk about fences. Um, Denzel Washington and Viola Davis did an excellent job in this movie. It had so many uh, different layers. Um, I hadn't read the play mm-hmm. or saw the play um, before the movie, but I saw the highlights. Actually, I had heard um, somebody else talk about it because they went to see it when they were younger, when it was on Broadway. Okay. And they were saying it was amazing. So when I saw the previews, I was like, oh, I'm going to go see it. And um, I had everybody telling me it's a great movie. I found my timeline. It was a great movie. And it was really a great movie. The only thing I would t- do again, I, I got to the movies late and I was on the front row. Mm. So I had to watch it like, uh, you know, how it being on the front row. Yeah, with the broke neck. <laughs> I was like, why do they even put seats up here? Like, this is ridiculous. But, um, yeah, so that's the only thing I would change. But it was an excellent movie. And it has so many different layers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it. But when he when he told her 
that he had that baby on the way? Yeah. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm out. Flag on the plate. I thought he was about to come and see he was having an affair. That was already a lot. But when he talked about the baby and he he brought it in like, okay, we're going to take care. Like, what? We're going to take? We? Yeah. Gonna be a together? No, this is a. So it was just, it was just a lot, but I I just I remember thinking, and I was with my friend. I turned him. I said the reason he can't leave, she can't leave him, mm-hmm. is because she don't have no, she don't have no, uh, no money. Right. Like she don't have no way. She stay at home, a wife yeah. and mother, and she don't have no other option. So she got to stay there, not for love, but for economics. See, so I'm glad that you realized that because I'll say that is that's one of the things that I, I pointed out to my friend and I was telling my homegirls like, see, this is why I try to get people to really understand when we start talking about, you know, chivalry is dead and, you know, men don't treat women like they used to and yada, yada, yada. And I'm always like, I feel like we got to add context, yo. I, we really have to think about it from both sides. Like, you know, are there some like sorry dudes out here that. And don't want to do nothing and probably haven't been, you know, taught or trained or told that this is the way that, you know, you should treat a lady or women like to be treated like. Yeah. But also at the same time, has the role of the woman evolved in such a way that there really is not a lot of need for those things anymore. And that's the thing with uh, Viola Davis's character, Rose, before again, before we do this, we're about to talk about the movie so if you haven't seen the movie you you definitely at this point you probably definitely should have already stopped but just again you want to stop because we're about to talk about the movie fences in depth but so viola davis's character rose she she had no money she had her job literally was making the home being a stay-at-home mom raising the kids and doing that so in this in this situation He's brought her something that's devastating. And he didn't say, like, you know, I'm sorry, a baby came. He said, I'm about to be a daddy. You're about to be what? Because that, <laughs> I'm not pregnant. Yeah, it's like not only is you're basically telling me this baby is for sure on the way. Not like, I, you know, I had a, a, a outside situation going on and she might be pregnant. You know for sure that she's pregnant. You're coming to tell me that you're about to be somebody's dad. Like, the baby is on the way. Guaranteed the baby is on the way. I know nothing. That's a lot. But at the end of the day, as a woman during that time and in the space that she had, she didn't have many options. Mm-hmm. If at all. And you saw she went to she went to church and she really got involved in the church. And I think the thing that was so interesting is you saw that. All of these women started to pray for her. And that one scene where it's like all the women, they're all in white and they're like praying for her. And it's like all of these women are probably coming from a place of experience in the sense that we can't we don't we we can't go nowhere. If this is what's happening, like you just kind of got to deal with it. You have to find a way to deal with it. And, And that's essentially what happened. She did. She had to stay there even with being when she told after she told him that you know you're a womanless man she still was there she still had to Mm -hmm. cook food for him um he still brought home the money and she did what she needed to do with the money in terms of paying the bills and things like that but it's like we have to when we talk about 
you know, gender roles or we talk about re- relationships and how they look today and, and, and characteristics and mannerisms and things that men and women do, we have to talk about it from a space of recognizing that, you know, not only has the role of a man changed in in our society, but that's changed in large part because the role of the woman has changed. Like, they both aren't home anymore. Nobody is making the home in the sense staying home and just doing the home. Like, that is not the average person's reality in 2017. So you kind of got to add more context to those things and realize that when you're asking for stuff... um, or when you're saying that somebody needs to have something, they they don't. Things have just changed, so it's it's not like it's just all because men suck and men these days. And I get annoyed when I hear Ricky Smiley. I listen to Ricky Smiley all the time, and I you know really like Ricky Smiley, respect him, but he says it all the time, and it annoys me because it's like he's like you know these men out here, these men today they ain't raised right. You know they weren't raised with no no male figures, and they don't have this. And while these things are true, it's like well that's not the reason that a man is saying that this woman needs to pay for or he's saying hey we need to go dutch or i pay for a date you pay for a date times really have changed what rose is gonna pay for the date with the money that troy gave him like (laughs) he's still paying for the date you know and there's another part of it that really stood out to me um was when they got into the argument and Troy grabbed her. Um, Denzel Washington's character, Troy, grabbed Rose by the arm. And she says, Troy, stop. You're hurting me. And he continued to go on. It didn't go. August Wilson didn't, you know, dive into the level of, like, violence um, that could have happened or, or, or abuse that happened. But, honestly, he is the man. Like, during those times, like, she didn't really have domestic violence happen. And it was something that occurred oftentimes back then so i always say this like when you're asking that oh i want a man that's gonna treat me like my granddaddy or treat me like my dad not saying that your granddad or your your dad like beat your mom but at the end of the day in those type of i'm in all control and everything runs off to me i'm the sole nucleus of all of this and you kind of are just an ornament to my tree if you will if i decided to hit you what you gonna do you're going to go to church and pray about it and move because there's nobody that really could stop it. And I feel like that scene to me was really powerful because that's when the son comes out and kind of exerts his power to say, no, like not on my mama. And I'm standing up to you because I'm not going to allow this to happen. But if that didn't happen, if the son was, you know, chill, docile and not doing it, who knows what would happen in that scene? You know what I'm saying? Like there's so mm-hmm. many th- more things that could have come. And that's just the way that, the world was like during that time nobody could do anything about it and i think something else that stood out to me was like him his his relationship with the son him being present but still like so absent and the son like feeling like he would rather him be absent Mm -hmm. you know um i think was an interesting concept and and it seemed to me like in an effort to protect him his son from feeling the disappointment that he felt that he in turn imposed that disappointment on him. Absolutely. So th- those two, um, that the movie, I, you know, I get it. I get emotional about certain things. So I legit was in this mo- this film crying, um, not like boohoo crying, but like it definitely made me emotional in the sense that I resonated with the, the character Corey and how he felt about his dad, Troy, um, just from my 
my my relationship with my dad. And it's interesting because I've read the play before. I read the play in undergrad before my dad passed away. Um, I started reading it again and I was trying to finish it before I watched the watched the movie. But my friend had come in town. So it was like, OK, let's just go see the film. And as I'm watching it, a lot of these things I'm remembering, I'm like remembering the script. I'm like, oh, they're going to say this. They're going to say this. I was like, crap, I, f- I kind of forgot about this. Um and we get to that part and it just kind of hits me because this is my first time coming into contact with this uh this storyline after my dad passed away so it was really it was a really big deal for me but the thing that really stood out and 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 I realized I kind of walked away from it knowing was that a lot of parenting for a number of people and if you're fortunate enough that that's not your story i think it's great but uh, for a number of people that grow up in with like parents that are just you know average blue collar workers a lot of parenting and i'll speak for the thought for fatherhood a lot of that comes from a place of hurt a lot of that comes from i'm trying to parent you not to be me but i'm still frustrated when you aren't me because there are things about me that I like, but I haven't reconciled that with myself. And I think that's what we saw consistently over and over again with the movie was that Troy was basically telling Corey, like, Hey, I, I had a dream to, to, to be a baseball player. I loved this sport. This sport is what got me through being locked up, when I got out, I had my heart set on that. Now, he's not taking into consideration the, the the fact that you fell in love with this sport, but you also were old. You 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 were old and it was a different time as well. So, you know, you're not as marketable. You're honestly a liability because you're not going to be as fast as, as the next one. You might not have the same amount of power. You're probably not going to get along with the team. Like there's so many different factors that go into that, but because he was not able to express how he felt, he essentially wanted his son to not go down that route and to play it safe because he had to play it safe. But in the same regard, he was frustrated because he's like, You know, I don't want you to be those things and to be me, but I also there are things about me that I like that I want you to do. So I love my woman. I take care of my family. I go to work every day. I make sure money comes in. I make sure there's a roof over your head. I make sure that you have, you know, food in your belly like I am. There are things about me that I'm proud of. I'm honestly the nucleus of everybody around me. So. I have a a best friend that's loyal to me like a dog because even though he knows that I'm doing wrong, I'm such a good guy, quote unquote, in, in a sense, I'm such an outstanding person that he likes me. So I want you to have this about me. I want people to to look at you and the way that they look at me. But at the same time, I don't want you to be me in my failures. And that comes from him just not being able to 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 deal with his own emotions so for me i would walk away just thinking like wow it's so interesting how you know people are 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 parented and and raised in such a way that someone's trying to get them to consistently not be 
I don't want you to make the mistakes that I made without realizing that, honestly, the mistakes that you made shaped you to who you were, but would have made you better had you dealt with those mistakes. Had you, you know, been real with the things that you did, had you been real with your role? I think throughout the the, the movie, he kept, as you see, like Troy, there was a lot of embellishments about everything. So about the devil mm-hmm. and about the, the credit guy and all this stuff. And it's like all of the embellishments resulted in everything being somebody else's fault right mm-hmm. nothing was his fault and i think that is the that thing is him not being able to realize like hey this is here's the role this was really bad but here's the role i played in it this is really mm-hmm. bad but i could have done this or maybe i should have done that that would have allowed him to be in a better space to kind of have reconciled his own issues and demons in order to to parent his son from a clear place, but he didn't do that. So he just, I thought it was interesting too, when he talked about his dad and their relationship mm-hmm. and it was like a cycle, you Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Of, you know, you see when him and Troy started fighting, I remember I, I immediately thought back, like when they started like actually fighting, fist fighting, uh, <clears throat> like, I immediately thought to the story he told with him and his dad. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Fighting. And it's like you're you hated your dad, but because you didn't deal with the hurt that he inflicted, you became just like him. The, and in that way, I think unforgiveness is the poison that we kind of some people call generational curses. But I just I, I don't necessarily think it's a generational curse. I think if you're not healed from the poison of unforgiveness, you in, inflict that on the other people so, because you become what you hate. Right. But what's what's so interesting about it, though, is that in his mind, he walked away still being better than his dad. Right. Because in the story that he told about his dad, his dad actually hit him. He didn't actually mm-hmm. hit Troy. I mean, Corey, he actually they got into like, you know, an altercation and he got him to the point where he got him on the ground and he could have like did real harm to him, but he didn't. And when he backed away, it was more in the sense of like, but I'm going to be better. So although I've kind of taken you through the same thing, very close is a very parallel, you know, road that my dad has taken, taken me down. You know, no, nothing I do is ever good enough. Um, I, I'm trying to get attention from him or I want him to show me some sort of like affection or, you know, give me a stamp of approval. And he just doesn't do that. And so there's a point where I get frustrated. And although, you know, the situations were different, like his dad's situation was he was, you know, raping a, a girl or having sex with a, his woman, if you will. But we've gotten to this situation where we both are extremely heated and in the same way that I wanted to buck up against my dad, I've, we've gotten to a place where you want to buck up against me, but I'm still better than my dad. And I've still done you better than my dad because I didn't hit you in the way that my dad hit me. Right. I'm Mm -hmm. still out here working. And so there's this almost like a blinder that stops him from being able to see who he really is because it doesn't look exactly like who his dad was. And, and, and I've, I've seen that in so many people in the sense of, we always say, and I say this all the time, you know, at some point in time, you have to realize that you are going to become your parents and you have to accept it. And then you got to start saying, okay, well, I know that I probably do this because my parents do this. I, one of the examples I probably use this. um, I've probably said this before. I know I've said it to you personally, but 
when I'm sleep deprived, I get really, really short and really, really snappy. And it's not like I don't even realize that I'm doing it. But I that was one of the things that irritated me about my dad. My dad was essentially the same way. Like when he was sleep deprived or he was hungry, like or he felt like he would just get like his patience would get really short. Something that might have been funny just three hours ago is probably the bane of his existence at this point. And I'm kind of the same way, but I recognize that. So when somebody says that to me, I'm like, gotcha. Okay. All right. I apologize. I know I did that as opposed to being, I'm not like that because my daddy was like that and I ain't like that. Like that's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you anywhere. And I think that I still feel like he thought in that situation and that, that scene when they kind of got into the altercation, like it was, I could be my daddy, but because I'm better than him, and I, I quote unquote learned the lesson from him that I'm not going to do you harm in the way that he did me harm. Although I'm justified in doing you harm. It was intense. Yeah, it really was. I, th- I think um, you, you brought up the idea of like hyper masculinity, which I think that the, the hyper masculinity was definitely definitely displayed. But I felt like it came from more of a place of maybe with uh, Bono, maybe with his best friend. Maybe with mm-hmm. his best friend, there was like a sense of hyper masculinity between the two of them, which I can't, you know, I get. Uh, it's just kind of, it's it's almost kind of like the the, 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 it's just a part of like our makeup. Like I don't want to be walking around here hugging up all on you or like, oh, you know, I love you all the time. Like, okay, we got it, we're good. Let's move on. Like, <laughs> there's a there's a top and a place for it, but okay, we ain't got to do it. Like every time, don't need to be like a kumbaya moment. Um, but I think for me, the the, the hyper masculinity, if you will, came from a place of just not being able, never being allowed to 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 deal with or to express or to communicate feelings and emotions. For me, that's where it came from. It mm-hmm. really because when I, Corey asked him, "Why don't you? Why don't you like you me? like me?" Right, and it, he went through this entire thing of, you know, I ain't got to like you. Um, it's not about liking you. It's about my responsibility and doing what I got to do. And that that comes off the heels of that's what my dad gave me. Right. My daddy mm-hmm. didn't go through this process of talking about liking me or being proud of me, which I feel like we're in the space now, especially in our generation. And again, this was the, the, the play was set in the 50s. So, you know, hopefully one would hope that at least for this character, for Corey's character, he kind of was able to reconcile that and and not be that same person for his kids. But you realize that like he had to work. He had, he had to do like, literally it was, it was setback after setback. But when he got that setback, he never kind of regrouped and thought about, okay, but I'm still talented. I'm still a great baseball player. I'm still, you know, strong and fast or whatever it is. Like nobody ever give, gave him that. It was really interesting when he started talking about Jackie Robinson. He kept talking about how much he was nothing. Like Jackie Robinson wasn't this. Jackie Robinson wasn't that. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, I was like, this all comes from a place of him not being able to achieve his goals. Right. The mm-hmm. idea of misery loves company. Like I'm. I can't give you kudos because I'm not 100% happy with where I am in life. So 
even if I don't think that you're the the best at what you do, or I think I'm better than you because you were the first Negro, because you are our historical figure, I should at least be able to kind of give your stamp of approval of, you know, and I respect what he did. I just think I'm I'm better. My my mm-hmm. history, my record shows I'm better. He wasn't even able to do that, but that all that comes from a place of not being able to deal with his emotions. Like mm-hmm. he couldn't we don't we don't talk about those things and i think that is on both a uh, it's the fault of the the men during that time as well as the women i feel like probably and maybe rose didn't display this as much but well you know what she did when he talked about um was it alberta was the the mm-hmm. lady he was he talked about she alberta. makes him feel alive exactly and so Rose represents, in a sense, I just got to do this stuff. I can't. And not to say that, you know, with her character, I don't I don't feel like they displayed or the way that the character was written, like she displayed this sense of not being interested in his emotions. She was uninterested in these stories he kept telling. But I feel like that was probably his way of expressing his emotion. Not probably. It definitely was his way of expressing his emotions. And maybe Alberta sat there and listened to these tall tales over and over. And she was new. She hadn't heard them before too. So, you know, Rose has been around for what? 17, 18 years. Alberta just got here. Obviously she can, but him not being able to express himself kind of put him in this box of, well, I can't do that. That's not what I do. That's not what men do. You know, we work, we take care of stuff. We, we take care of the family. That's what we do. Whereas Alberta could have really been, uh, Hey, you, Troy, you just be yourself. You know, I, I laugh at your stories. I laugh at your jokes. I, I love to hear you talk about whatever you're going to talk about. Even if a story I heard a million or 10 times, I think you're a great guy. I seen what you're doing at work and making some changes. You, you're you going to become a driver. Like she probably was really impressed by him in a way that Rose wasn't impressed anymore. And she even said it like I realized, hey, you're not really going nowhere. Nothing's going to grow out of this hard rock soil, but I'm still going to stay here. And I think that that's why I say it's, a, it's the, the kind of the fault of both the men during that time and the women during that time, because everybody was just kind of stuck in. This is just the way things are and there's no need to get better. So then when a person starts drifting off and having issues because they're tired of just the way things are, we kind of have all this stuff going on because it's like somebody got to realize we got to do a little better and push forward. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's necessarily... I think Rose probably when she when they first got together, she probably was like Alberta. But times, you know, times change. Time will suck yeah. Suck yeah. Your experience with a person and I guess Alberta has a she has a fresh new experience with you, so everything's gonna be exciting and right. amazing right. until she's there for a while, but she had the time to be there for a while because she she died giving birth, and it's just like, man. Dang, why are you saying like that? You was like, until she's there for a while, but she ain't have time to be there because she died. <laughs> That's what well, um, <laughs> all right. It's just the way you said it was like, oh, all right. Well. When she, when, when he brought that, it was, just, that was a lot. It really was. And she a lot. still took care of the daughter but then she let us know at the end the reason she took care of the daughter is not really for him 
was for her. For her. Because right. she wanted other kids. Right. And so she just said, this is a way for me to fulfill um, something that I wasn't able to fulfill. Right. Kind of was selfish. You know, not selfish in a bad way, but it's like, okay, this the only option. Well, this is where I can make this option work for me. Yeah, yeah, and it make it makes sense. Honestly, I think that as I was as I was watching it, that part, you know, I don't. And when I was watching the part of um, her kind of deciding to to take in the daughter, I remembered that she did, um, and I did know that he was going to pass away at some point. I was it was it happened a little fast. Again, I hadn't finished. Uh, reading the play is really short. I think I only got to maybe like page 50. It's only like 100 pages. I started reading like that day, that morning or whatever. Um, so I didn't get all the way through it. But I I do remember that he, I remember that he was going to die. Um, and I was as I was watching during that time when she like decided to take the baby. I think that was kind of the the lesson for me that she I felt like she was trying to teach him a lesson of here is let me show you who I am. You know, and what you really missed out on. That's why I thought it was really powerful when she said you're a womanless man, too, because I really felt like she was kind of driving the home the point of not only have you, you know, made a baby with somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Even after that, you still continue to see this lady and mm -hmm. I know it. Right. And so I'm sharing you and I don't have no other choice but to share you. Right. I could have. Yeah, I could have been one of these women that went and stayed with a sister, stayed with my mom, found, you know, tried to, to do something else. But I continue to stay with you and to take care of you. And you had hopes for this woman. I told you that the woman passed away and I have to watch you be heartbroken over it. And then you put me out of my room, my bed, right? My bedroom mm -hmm. to deal with that. In the face of all, you bring this baby home, right? And you say that you're going to take care of it. In the face of all of that, I decide to still take care of this child. And so let me really drive home the point of this is how much I was there for you. And you couldn't be there for me. And remotely close to any way that I've been there for you. Like, I feel like she was really making with that move. She was making a statement to him of... That's how bad you are. That's how messed up you are. Like, you put me through all of this, and I'm reluctant, but I'm going to raise this baby as mine to prove a point to you. Like, what are you doing? Because mm -hmm. you're still only caring about yourself. That's it. That's the only. That's the only thing that matters. And it was, it really did. My best friend and I, uh, we went to see it together, and we were talking and. We just kept talking about how complex people are and how, how the movie really shows and proves that we as people are complex because in one regard, you want to be upset with Troy for stepping out. But then in another regard, you really start to see and understand how he got to that place. Like he got to this place because he's ultimately unhappy with himself. He kind of purports to be happy because he's a driver and he has this consistent job with his consistent check and they at least got a place to stay and all of this stuff, but he ultimately is not really happy. And so you, un there's more context to 
why he did this rose you know you want rose to get up and go but then you also understand why she just can't get up and go right you understand Mm -hmm. why you want her to flip out and go off on him or at least that's what my best friend said (laughs) like she's like i want her to just cuss him out and hit him with a frying pan and all this stuff but (laughs) it's just like you know you understand why she couldn't do it Corey. you realize you think on one regard it's like, dang, he kind of being disrespectful to his dad. But in another regard, it's like, yo, why you just won't let the boy chase his dreams and play football? And 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 even uh, with Bono, which I felt like was a character that was in one of the like he kind of had the as an actor. I feel like he had the t- one of the toughest roles because he looked up to uh, Troy so much. But then he was also immensely disappointed because it's like yo the reason that i'm committing to my wife and doing this stuff to my wife is because of you mm-hmm. but you are out here cheating on your wife so who am i supposed to look up to what is my and i'm older than you too right so i'm mm-hmm. obviously older than you but i look up to you and you're kind of like my model the standard of what a good upstanding man is supposed to be also because i didn't have my dad so you kind of are fathering me in a sense, but you're disappointing me, but I still am kind of, I'm still your friend and I still admire you, but I just don't really know how to feel about this. Like that whole thing was like a, it was really, it was a really interesting, but I felt like as an actor, he had, he had, had the toughest role. Cause that's, that's a lot going on in which in a situation that I would think that, you know, I'm your friend, I'm your homeboy, I'm done dealing with you. I ain't got to put up with this crap, but it's like, but I kind of still need you. Like you kind of are more than just, you know, a, a a friend. You're like a mentor. You're the father figure that my old behind never had type thing. Yeah. He, he did have a tough role. You know who we didn't talk about? Who's that? The other son. Oh yeah. That was um, an interesting dynamic. Lions. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really powerful the 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 scene where basically lions this is in the beginning and lions tell him like you don't know uh, you weren't there when I was growing up you don't tell mm-hmm. me about how I was growing up and like what I'm doing um because you weren't there and it's it's inter- what was really interesting too is lions became essentially he became Troy and mm-hmm. you saw that at the end that he was doing Troy was doing so much to try to get Corey to not become him that lines became him. And he really couldn't do as much to core to, to lions as he did to Corey. Cause lines was already grown and he didn't raise lines. He wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, dang, the person that you, you were so hard on to not become you, they turned out great. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person that you kind of was like, I guess he was still hard on him, but he just didn't have much of a say in his life because he, he wasn't there. And he obviously held that over his head is kind is the person that went, did the same thing. You went to, to jail. He went to jail, too. You know, you wanted to tr- to follow sports and didn't it didn't make it. And he wanted to follow music. And I guess he still. Yeah, he still was following music, but it's you in jail, bro. Yeah. And. I I think it's interesting in their relationship, too. It's kind of like, you know, he was saying, Dad, would you just come and hear me? Like, and he would never go hear him. And that was so sad to me. Yeah. I was like, he was like, Dad, just come. And he would, he would never go. Yeah. It's like in him, he, I, I, 
on one hand, I think he thought if he went, he would validate what he thought, what he was doing. Right. And give him an excuse to continue doing music. Right. So what's interesting is, I th- it, to me, it, it really proves the point, though, that as men, we need that stamp of approval. You really need that stamp of approval. Like, that that stamp of approval from your your father figure or your from your dad like it's important and if you don't have it you you're going to continue to go you know on and on and on um and maybe you'll get to a point where you you're cool with it but you still want it it's funny so uh this past obviously this past week um i i've made a post about it on facebook but it's 9 years since my dad passed away and on the day of i was good actually the day that you text me um, and asked me how I was doing, I was good up until that. Maybe like around lunchtime, I got real. It just got real awkward. <laughs> I just kept saying it's partly cloudy and it's a chance of rain. But mm-hmm. I realized with so m- many different good things going on in my life, I still a part of me still longs for my dad's stamp of approval. Like I still want to know that you approve of this i still want to know that this is okay i still want to know that like you're proud of me and doing this and and not realizing not being able to realize and see how you know there were some precursors of some things that i was doing right before he passed away that he gave his stamp of approval of or he supported me in or and things like that but just I I was talking to my best friend and she kind of had to like pull me back to those, those conversations to kind of get me out of that feeling of like, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. And again, as a 30 year old man, one would think I'm good. Like, I don't need that. But when you didn't get that all the time, you know, as a kid, for me, it's still like, I still, I can be doing some amazing great things and you know i'm thankful for it but a part of me it's at some point in time still says like i wonder though and 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 i feel like that's what lions was doing lions was really saying like i want him to be proud of me like i want you to come to see you you know uh bono has said you know everybody don't everybody don't get the opportunity to play at whatever the cafe is like you know he gotta be he gotta be something special something worth going to see like he mm-hmm. is he's playing there and it's just kind of like I want you to come and see this. I want you to be proud of me and I want to know that you approve of this and he didn't get it. Yeah. It's like man, just just go. Why he was why he was acting. I was like, "Please just go." And he was like, "No, nah, I can't." I was like, "Dang." Yeah. And I think that I would say that play that plays into, you know, why Lion's character end up going to jail and things like that because you never got it, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, we done been on this for a while. I just we looked have. at the time. Wow. We we really have. This is going to be a long episode, but I hope you guys saw, uh, if you haven't seen fin- Fences, this is probably, well, if you saw Fences, hopefully you enjoyed our talk about it. Because I was going to say, if you <laughs> haven't saw it and you just listened to this episode, this might have ruined probably it. Probably won't go see it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's actually it's a great it's a great it was a great movie and I was a little concerned about you know it came it started off as a play um, mm-hmm. and so reading the play now I do I did think the movie was a little awkward in the beginning because 
it, it they followed the script directly. I think some, there were some things at the end that they kind of tweaked just a little bit, but they really stayed true to the script. And so, mm-hmm. of course, in the play, there's a lot of consistent dialogue. And in film, it doesn't have to be all of that all the time. Sometimes, you know, there's different things that happen in body languages and things like that, which that seemed a little awkward for me in the beginning. Um, but overall, it was good. You guys make sure y'all check it out if you haven't and let us know what you think about the movie Fences. Let us know what you think about our analysis and our review of it. Hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. And make sure y'all check out our website at www.brunchculturebc.com and we will be back for our toaster roast. All right, and we are back for our toast or roast, and I'll kick it off. I got a roast this week, so this roast is a little, it's about, what, two weeks in the making. Um, So, for my birthday, I celebrated my 30th birthday in the Dominican Republic. It's a great time. It's a great country. Went to Punacana. It was more touristy. I'm going to Turks and Caicos. Dope. It was. I had a great time. Right. It was really, really good. Um, I found a hotel. My one of my friends gave me like a list of recommendations for hotels, and so um, he told me the one that he thought was. You know, he's like, I think this is the the best one of the list that I gave you. I went online. I looked. It had amazing reviews. It was actually on like the list of top ten resorts to stay at. So I stayed there. Great. You know, great. It was good. So the last night, the the day before my last day, um, I asked them to change the sheets, right? So change the sheets, mm-hmm. come back into the room, I sleep, I'm laying in the bed, and I kind of wake up in the middle of the night. Now, um, yeah, I w- woke up in the middle of the night, and I was like, I feel like something's crawling on me. But I'm like looking, and I'm y'all already know how I feel about hotels, right? So I'm like looking, but I'm like, I don't see nothing, so I'm good. Well, the next morning I wake up and I got like these little like bumps on me. Right. And they're Mm -hmm. red and they're kind of like sensitive to the touch. And I'm like, oh, this is, you know, it's kind of weird, whatever. So, you know, I talked to my friend. I'm like, oh, what's uh, do you have any bumps? And he's like, yeah, I got some 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 bite marks on on my bed, too. And I'm like, okay, what's really going on? Um, So I'm thinking like maybe these are bed bugs but i'm like it's probably not bed bugs like let's you know maybe it was something else i'm like i didn't have these last night before i got in here like the the doors wasn't left open nothing was really left open but maybe you know whatever so then i get back and i'm like itching like crazy on the whole way back i'm like itching there there's like i don't want to scratch them of course because it, it burns and these are really like swell up uh, uh bugs i mean like bite marks or whatever so the next day i mean i don't take anything at this point I've, i'm like yo this probably is i'm like doing research online i'm like these probably are bed bugs and i got bit by bed bugs bed bugs probably in my luggage like i didn't bring nothing in my apartment i was like uh-uh, i'm not taking this stuff like literally this has to stay in the car I'm taking all this stuff to the cleaners tomorrow and and washing it. I'm throwing these bags away. Like, I went through this whole process, went to the emergency clinic. Doctor confirms that I got bit by bed bugs. I contact the hotel. I contact them, like, like through the phone. Uh, the representative I, I talked to didn't seem to understand what I was talking about. So then I... Um, 
end up sending like an email basically explaining I got a call back. I mean, I got like an email back. We're going through and the, the lady's like, we're going to investigate this. But, you know, I'm just going to rest assured we've never heard of this ever again. So then I specifically go to the hotel and I do like a, a search for it. And I'm like, let me type in bed bugs, which I didn't do before because, you know, it's a great rated hotel. Who thinks bed bugs? So I see a couple people that say they got bit by bed bugs. One of them was like two months ago. Right. And they show pictures. But so I make sure I have pictures myself so anyway i send all this information the lady says like you know we don't have anything she comes back a day later and is like we had an investigation and there basically was no there were no bed bugs found at all you could have gotten bitten by one of the exotic mosquitoes or something like that but nothing happened so all that to say i'm roasting the level at melia tropical if you go to the Dominican Republic, I'm just here to tell you, don't go there. The hotel is amazing. And it's so fr it's so hard for me to tell you this because I enjoy the resort. The resort is is really great. Um, the, the staff was really nice. The room, the room that I had was really nice. The, the community is, is it just looks great. It looks like paradise is beautiful. It's right by the beach. It's wonderful. But simply because I'm showing proof, I've sent, you know, photos. I'm actually telling them that, hey, like this doctor is confirmed that these are bed bugs. And you're telling me that I got bit by a mosquito and nothing happened. And then it's like, well, we've never had this type of complaint. TripAdvisor, which you actually sent, they send you a link to give them a review on TripAdvisor. On TripAdvisor, somebody else is saying the same thing about the same exact resort. It's just kind of like... <sighs> Yeah. I hope you gave him one. I, yeah, I was just like, I can't. It, it's, it's really, it was hard to do in the sense that it's, I enjoyed everything else about the resort, but it's like, I can't be getting bit up and I can't be telling nobody to go there if you're going to get bit up and then you're going to come back and they're going to tell y'all the same thing. Like, oh no, we don't have bed bugs in our resorts. Like, come on now. So yeah. I'm roasting y'all. Don't, don't go there if you're going to the DR. That's not the place you want to check out. Yeah. Well, I definitely won't be going there. I said I was going to Turks and Caicos. That's only in faith. Um, Come on, babe. I hope to get there by 20, <laughs> in the 2017. It's expensive to go there, though. Really? I was looking. It's really expensive. Hmm. It's cheaper to go, like, on a boat. But, you know, I refuse to get on another ship. Yeah. So, I can't do that cruise ship life no more. Yeah. I got to see the last time. So, um, yeah. So, shout out to your your roast. I want to toast uh, Hidden Figures. I haven't seen it yet, but I just, I'm excited about um, the movie and seeing black women and the impact that they made on history and the fact that they're kind of, a lot of times, us as black women are kind of cast to the side and our... Um, our contribution isn't really highlighted. Right. So I'm just really excited about Hidden Figures. Please go see that movie. I'm definitely going to see it this weekend, so I'm excited. Yeah, I saw this amazing film. Great. Everybody go see it. And we want to leave you with this week's good vibe. This week's good vibe is a river cuts through rock, not because of its power, but because of its persistence. And again, a river cuts through rock, not because of its power, but because of his persistence, keep going, keep being consistent. In 2017, don't get up. Pursue your goals, pursue purpose, and keep going. You can make it. 
Yes, make it happen. All right, and that wraps up another episode of Brunch Culture. Again, we thank you guys so much for rocking with us. Thank you for, uh, yeah, making it with us through 2017. Thank you for all the people that's visited the site and showed love about our updated website. If you haven't gone to our website, make sure you go to www.brunchculturebc.com. Hit us up on the Twitter at Brunch Culture <laughs> and on the Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. Uh, who am uh, I here later? How I, that came from somewhere else? I forget where somebody said the, and it just, I thought it was funny. Um, but yeah, make sure y'all hit us up on there and subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, we're on iTunes, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Google Play, we're everywhere uh, podcasts are. So make sure you guys subscribe to us and leave us some feedback. Let us know what you think. We'll read your feedback here on the show. And remember, you can send us questions or comments or anything into our inbox uh, which is brunchculturebc at gmail.com and remember here at brunch culture everything is up for discussion <laughs>